When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. You always sort of adapt and evolve as the board takes shape and goes on. And ultimately, everybody, you sometimes get lulled in this false sense of security, and you're looking at your board, and you're so panicked, like, all oh, these players are going to go. But you have to realize your board doesn't look like everybody else's board, right? That's why we have a draft. That's why other, you know, different players go diff- different positions. So... Uh, you know, once you take that in mind and, and just sort of know that those players that you want will, could be there later and you, you ultimately take those risks, sometimes you're rewarded for those risks and trading back and adding picks. But other times you trade up. You know, we've done, we did both. And ultimately it was just to be being able to target certain parts of the board for different reasons. Vikings general manager Quasi Adolfo Mensa, who made 10 picks over a span of three days in his first draft. It's now complete. We now wait for the schedule release to come up. And then, of course, the official off-season camps. Welcome in to Purple Daily's comments from YouTube, sponsored by our friends at Surly Brewing and also TCL TV. I'm Judd. He's Declan. Declan, shall we get to the comments? Let's do it. Let's go to a Purple Daily comments section. We do this twice a week on this YouTube channel. If you'd like your question answered, just drop a comment on our YouTube page. We will gladly get to it and siphon through the comments. Uh, a lot of draft comments, obviously, Judd, and... and uh, I talked to some Ventline listeners yesterday on Sunday and just kind of gave a overarching grade and recap and just kind of combing through some of these. I mean, they're all over the board. Uh, I, I see grades all the way ranging from a D up to an A. I feel like the most common answer or the or the mean of these scores, if you will, is like a B minus. Okay. B minus draft is, is, is what I think a lot of the listeners are kind of coming to the conclusion to. It wasn't a home run. Wasn't a complete disaster. Slightly above average work, you know, as a B minus. Sure. Quickly, uh, before I get into the comments, what what grade would you give um, this draft class? I think B minus is incredibly fair. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and plus, who knows? But I feel like we became enamored, and that Rick Spielman got a lot of credit because of the amount of picks, mm-hmm. which was so. Adolfo Mensa took ten players in this draft. Uh, Spielman took eleven and twenty one, and in two thousand twenty, set a modern day draft record with 15 picks um quantity i know it gives you more chances but if there's not quality there it's a big problem i think b minus or so c plus is very very fair okay all right let's get into some comments here aj let's start with this one because i think it might set up judd zolgag because you kind of went off on a tangent today on oh. mac and judd about this oh aj says they gave two division opponents needed assets mm-hmm. i think that was just plain stupid no matter how Quasey spins it. I don't have a problem with the picks. 
But overall, this was more disappointing than watching Spielman trade back for 11 or 15 picks. Judd, do you echo what AJ is saying that trading back, number one, trading with your division is dumb, and two, that thought process is actually even worse than Rick always accumulating multiple late-round picks? Well, I think it, first of all, has to be examined on a case-by-case basis. Because, like, I'm not going to say you should never trade with the Bears or or the Lions or the Packers. Like, that's a blanket statement. Um, what concerns me is you make trades with both of those teams either in the first round and move back 20 spots, which I don't like. And then the Packers trade was damn near uh, so close to the first round that if the Packers indeed were going to get that player, I would have forced them to go through not me to get get that guy. Because mm-hmm. like I don't like I don't like the fact that both teams took potentially very viable and good receivers, which is a position that, you know, we've seen clearly is a key one. So I tend to agree in this case, I think it was a mistake. I don't like the Detroit trade too, because you didn't clearly win it. Like if I'm going to move back 20 spots, in fact, and and this goes beyond Detroit. If I'm going to go back 20 spots, I ain't swapping second round picks. I'm getting your second round and I'm keeping mine. Um, the, the Detroit trade, I continue to say this, Dex. I think that trade has to be made with this agreement. You're going to get your guy, which is awesome. Everyone's going to say, I cleaned your clock on the trade. Mm-hmm. Which Detroit probably would say, no, bye, bang, that's fine, right? But, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, Scene might be a really good player, but you move back 20 spots. That's not a small, you move back to the to the Super Bowl champion pick, which went, of course, from the Rams to the Lions, to the Vikings. Um, so I am not saying I would never trade with a division opponent. I am saying it does concern me that a team that plans on being good right now just probably helps strengthen two opponents right now. Yeah, for, I believe it's for for Redier. I might I might have just completely spelt this guy's name completely wrong, and that wouldn't shock me at all. But he goes, um, it's very disappointing in helping the Lions and giving away an entire pick and helping the Packers. We sold at a discount in division when we should have just gotten a premium. They got their lunch money stolen. Quite embarrassing, in my opinion. Yeah, they got their lunch money stolen. I think that, I think the way he puts it is is accurate here that they um, they basically traded back with Detroit. And yeah, Scene might be a a good player, might yeah, be a great player, not ripping him. Um, but to not, I think, get that capital of either a future first or just it just didn't seem like that was the wisest trade. And and I. I was not a fan of the, of the first round trade back. The Packers one doesn't irk me as much, but the Detroit one does. The Packers one only concerns me because of their quarterback right now who can make guys good. And it concern it concerns me because, so if the Vikings were in an obvious bears like rebuild mode, yeah, it wouldn't really concern me as much. Sure. What concerns me is you're telling me, through everything that you've done, that you think that you can be really good in 22, and you just help both those teams pick up guys that can beat you immediately. That That's what I don't like about it. But the Detroit one, to me, is much more of a, you have to win that trade clearly, and the Vikings did not. Didn't even come close, in my opinion. Brandon with the doomsday scenario here, he says, worst draft I've ever seen. We are going to get seven wins this year, which actually, I guess if it's the worst draft ever, you can't have seven wins, I mean... Not the worst season ever. Yeah. Uh, but we helped our number one competitor, Green Bay, get their wide receiver. Nice job, Vikings. Always a bleep show. Oof. 
Okay, I, I agree on the fact that I don't like the trade with the Packers, but I guess I would ask this question. How how do we know about the rest of the draft? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, folks, the 2021 draft class has yet to play out. Yeah. So I guess if I was to do a pie chart of Doomsday, <laughs> Vikings 2022 Doomsday, uh-huh. the actual draft wouldn't be, I don't think, that high because, you know, it would be more bringing guys back, right? Running things back, right? Yes. Like, that's where you get into trouble immediately. I just, I mean, look, the draft's fun, and it's fun to talk talk about, and I think the top of the draft can be debated pretty, pretty eloquently, but, you know, Dex, once you get to the Saturday picks, we don't really know. No. Like, every year, we're like, this team cleaned up, oh my god, they cleaned up, and then in three years... They do a redraft, and that team didn't do well. So, like, I just, I I can't sit here, like, with the Saturday picks and get, like, oh, my God, they screwed this up. You you don't know that. Personally, I I absolutely despise day three of the NFL draft. It it takes forever. It's a bunch of slappies you never heard of. I would say probably, like, what, 20% of those guys won't even make the 53? The hardcores have, but yeah. Yeah, I I just, well, I despise the fact that we try to all act like we know. Like, day three. The only only thing I can judge personally is positions taken. Like, if you draft a punter or a kicker, lots of times I'm like, I don't really like that, right? But as far as, but as far as, you know, they got this kid and it's... Uh, Skyhawk says another normal draft for the Vikings. No one they drafted is a game changer. It was like watching Spielman 2.0 enjoy the usual eight or nine game winning season. Another year of being average at best. Nothing new. Well, Just same old Vikings. I'll speak to the first round pick in in defending that note by saying this: You had a chance to get a, a quote unquote game changer at twelve, right? Like there were people there, yep. players there. Yep. Yep. Um, and you didn't, and you moved back twenty spots and took a guy that I think we all agree could be good. But uh, yeah, I'm just I'm not I'm not going to be unless you clean the clock of the team that you're trading with, Declan. I'm not going to be a big fan of like Spielman or Quazy punting on the twelfth pick. Like not unless you do. Now, if they gotten to twenty three first, totally different. Sure, totally different. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you're there at 12 and there are players, you know, as cliched as this is, there is a reason why we talk about the BPA, right? Best player available. Well, the Vikings moved back 20 spots. Yeah. So now you're getting, you're going from cream of the crop, really pretty good to, so the rest of it though, again, I don't know. I'm a lot more, it's a lot easier for me to discuss guys that they bring back and sign from different teams in March than it is right now to break down, I'll just pick a name here. Am I going to break down Jalen Naylor, wide receiver, Michigan State? Let me tell you something about him. No. Arzeal says, honestly, the offense didn't need anything except more interior line to protect Kirk and keep him clean. I also think people forget that Herb Smith didn't play last season. KLC is going to get this offense to a top five, and the new defenders are going to make sure that they don't have the, quote, clutch letdowns like they did last season. Um, Judd, do you think the Vikings are making the right gamble that they didn't need to add any offensive playmaker or really offensive weapon in this year's draft class? I would have added a higher wide receiver. Um because, and we talked about this a ton pre-draft, but it's still true a couple of days after the draft. 
Adam Thielen is 31, I believe. He mm-hmm. gets hurt a lot. He is um, he is not an ascending player at this point. He's good, but he's not an ascending player. I mean, at that age. So I don't. I am not real comfortable with the receiving depth chart after Jefferson, assuming that Thielen is not going to play 17 games, right? Um, and the wide receivers in this offense are imperative, incredibly important. Now, Irv Smith coming back, I hope he stays healthy. I really like him. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. But all of that being said, I would argue that this team would not have hurt itself. And, you know, again, at 12, you're sitting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we were on this show, you, me, Phil, all had a very good point about just outscore teams. Like, that doesn't mean your defense can stink. And I like the fact that they addressed corner, safety. That's all great. But there's a reality here, and that is part of the reason why your games were so close last year is because you didn't flat out outscore teams. Now, perhaps they can with this core, but I don't think they're nearly as, for what they're going to do, I don't think they're nearly as deep at receiver as we think. I have a great theory from Tyler to run by you here, Judd, in just a bit, but um, you and I were talking off, Mike. We had a blast at Surly on Thursday, right? Oh, God, met met so many Vikings fans and people who came in from out of town. Awesome to see them. But also when, when the weekend actually began for us, because look, long weekend, long work week. Long, oh, long, 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 a lot of work. I and was it working only, yesterday. And it's only just beginning more on the hockey side of things with me and you with the Wild in the playoffs now. Can't wait for that. But but what were we all, what were you and I just talking about off the mic and what were you sipping on this weekend? Oh, let's see. Saturday and Sunday, I uh, let's just say I did some work, mm-hmm. watched some sports. Yep. And I was sipping on my first round draft pick when it comes to beer. And of course, it's a Surly Brewing product and it is furious. That's what I was sipping on, pouring them in my nice Judd beer glass. Perfect <laughs> pours. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. But here's the cool thing. So I, I went to the liquor store on Saturday to get some some more. And I walked into my store. And, you know, of course, I went right right to my beer, the Furious. Yep. But I also saw beers also from Surly Brewing. That were very Declan-like. Yeah. Drips and Drops. Yep. Uh, the, Supreme. Supreme. Love the Supreme. And I thought to myself, my guy Declan should be, be here right now. Sports son. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing. Surly has something for everyone, Declan Goff. Not just sports dad, but sports sons too. Mm-hmm. IPAs, loggers, plenty of options. Plenty of options with Surly Brewing. Summer's coming eventually. Yeah, yeah, God willing. God willing. Summer's coming, baby. All right. Great comment here from Tyler, and I'm excited to run it by you, Judd. He says, I have a theory. Kwesi was hired very late into the 2022 draft cycle. Yes. Therefore, true. he had to rely more heavily on the scouting department, which is was all of Rick's guys. Mm, not all of, but, but a, a bunch of them were, are there. Amount, yes. right? Maybe that's why this draft felt very Spielman-like. He oh. might use this year to evaluate the scouting department and then hire his own guys oh. for 2023. Okay, I love that. You're right. That's a great point. Fantastic point. Um, not all of the guys were Rick's guys still, though, because they, they hired after Quasi. Right. Um, Gregson, Grigson, for, who had been the GM of the Colts, um, the, he definitely brought in some of his own people. But that being said, and don't, and don't underestimate the fact that you brought in an entirely new coaching staff that I'm sure positionally had input as well. But I totally get that point. And yes, this is, I would say it's very fair off of that note to say this. This is not probably, it's very unfair to consider this Quasi's signature draft. 
Like next year will be far more of this is what he's doing a year in, right? Um, his own people. I would imagine that uh, now that the draft is done, ordinarily when a GM comes in like Quasi did, you keep the former GMs guys to help you. Yeah. And then some of them leave as well. So while I definitely think that Quasi had input from people that he trusted and brought in, all of that being said, that point is a great point. And so, yes, I don't think that you would say, well, this is Quasi's signature stamped draft. It probably is partially that. We'll probably get far more of one next April. Absolutely. Good point. Love that. Joel says, another bad, bad uh, doomsday scenario from Joel. Oh, boy. He goes, uh, we all know this draft did not go well. We all have a kind of sick feeling about this draft and offseason. I think we are close to a worst-case scenario. So, uh, you know what? I'll be Mr. Positivity here. I, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like uh, this has had a sick feeling of the offseason. It went a little little weird with obviously blowing up your coach and your GM, and then the last-second kind of extension from Kirk that kind of not came out of left field, but it was just kind of like a little bit surprising that they bought back into him. Um, I wouldn't say it's, it, it, I have a sick feeling about it. I just, I have a, I have questions and I really want to see it play out because best case scenario on the opposite of this is the Vikings play well. And then we all, we all get to reap the benefits of that. I just, I have questions on how this is actually going to play out under a new regime and new system. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about this extensively. This is far more than the draft, like way more important to me. They're doing something that I would not have done, but I mean, we've talked about that. I believe now that they are, by doing this, applying more unnecessary pressure. And while I don't think, you know, no matter how bad things might go doomsday-wise, I don't think that we're talking about firings. You know, I I mean, we're not close to that. People are going to get an opportunity. Um, I also think it's fair to say this. And look, this is part of the thing. There's a reason why, one, this team's first choice for GM was... Ryan Poles, get more experience. Um, Quasi and O'Connell, and this is where I don't think they factored in accurately enough, are going to have to learn some things. There's no question. They're new. They're both new. Neither one of these gentlemen has done this job that they're currently in, right? Correct. Um, the Wall Street stuff, I don't think Quasi fully understands. Like, I think he's a brilliant, brilliant guy in that sense. I don't think he doesn't understand what's different between Wall Street and sports, though, because it's not all transferable. Some of it is. Uh, Gambles are great. But again, um, the nature of Wall Street is what? Big boom, big bust. Correct. Okay. Sports, you got to be a little bit more careful, in my opinion. And I don't think that that, but it's going to take time. It's going to, to, to take time. And so, yeah, I think that you're probably right, Dex. I think that you're, and if, I think the issue for the fan base is this, and it's going to be what's going to be difficult, and I can't blame people. I think there's going to be a portion of the fan base that sees the moves or lack thereof moves and says, yeah, this team should be great. This team should be good. And I think there's a real good chance that they're not going to be. Um, I would have just preferred to begin stripping it down to get it back up. This, it feels to me, just off the top here, like 2022 is going to be another Vikings-like year. It doesn't feel like they're headed in a direction. And in my opinion, they've been treading Viking purple water now for how long, right? Because, I mean, these teams aren't awful. 
They're not okay. that good. And and I think the way I think the way that you get good is to commit yourself to change. Now to compare them a little bit to what what we're seeing with the Wild, who obviously have high expectations. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, perhaps Quazy wants to look at it, at things for a, a year. Bill Guerin sort of did that, right? So, like, if he then starts to pull the trigger on moves, great. So, yeah, I'm I'm torn here. Because I don't agree with it, but I'm not like devastated by this draft. And I know some are. I know some are. I just, I don't feel like any of us know enough about the draft to like look at the whole thing and be like, oh boy, that that's a disaster. I mean, you know, Dex, look at the amount of guys that contributed from the 21 draft. And now that's a problem, but was almost nil. I mean, what if that draft class is good now? There's just a lot of. There's a lot of variables in the draft that make it very hard for me to be like, okay, disaster here. That's just how I feel about it. All right, some Judd comments here. To wrap. Oh, boy. Actually, one that I'm included in. Oh, boy, you're getting a sports on being ripped. Uh, Matt says, Judd, you are annoying. He spells your uh, Y-O-U-R. That's, you know what? Let's not cast stones. But I can't spell, so I'm not going to. That's how Matt that. feels about Judd. Um, and then he says, you're annoying, and get your whitey tidies on and sip on your surly and pass out. Now, I will say for Judd Zolgad, this is a weird assumption to make. He rocks his chill boys, so he does not wear his whitey tidies, no. but he does sip on his surly and does he does inevitably pass out. And I do it in chill boys. Yes. Because I have been f- fortunate enough to find out about a, a local company that does boxers and long johns and and literally, I mean, I can't tell you, the first 51 years of my life, Declan Goff, when it came to long johns where I have to wear them, it's going to be cold out and it's going to be bunched and miserable, right? Totally. At the Surly draft party that we did on Thursday, mm-hmm. long johns on, never more comfortable. So I might be annoying and you might think that I'm not worth a damn and that's okay. As long as you go to chillboys.com and you pick up a product that is worth a lot, chillboys.com. Uh, last one here. John says, Judd and Declan are a complete train wreck. Please save me from their rube-like takes. They're no better than listening to any other common fan. I don't think um, I don't think we have rube-like takes. Yeah, I was going to say rube-like takes would be far more Viking-friendly than we are. Yeah. And uh, like if we were to get on here and say the draft was great or like, I love what they're doing. That's uh, Rube. Like, so yeah, we don't qualify. We're a lot of things. We're not that. I don't think like, I mean, but you know, we could certainly be dumb at times and things. Absolutely. Um, and childish for sure. But I don't think we're Rube. Like, I don't think we qualify as Rubes. I agree. All right, man. That's, That's it. That one's from YouTube. That wants me to pass out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do eventually pass out. You drink your Surly's and you, Pass out I don't really pass plan. out. I don't really pass out. I just you go upstairs go to, to bed. bed. Yeah, I go upstairs you. to bed. It's really important to recognize when it's time to go to bed. You know, that's a gift I did not have when I was your age. Mm. I have it now. Good for you. Much better. All right, man. Purple Daily. Bye, everybody. Want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. Back at full strength tomorrow.